We're in the middle of our series called Go Fish, and I want to thank again Gail and Melody for putting this awesome display uh, up here. And, um, you know, we started out with three fish and we're down to one in here. Um, We have sent the others out two by two. (laughs) I think they're probably ministering in a sewer somewhere. so the Ninja Turtles may be down there or something. I don't know. But anyway, we're down to one. What's his name, Gail? Methuselah. Methuselah? <laughs> oh, he's the last survivor. Oh, <laughs> the oldest living one. But we're talking about Go Fish. And the reason for this is uh, when Jesus called the first disciples, he did not promise them a life of luxury. He did not promise them a life of all these things to make them better people. You know, if you'll, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a better person. If you'll follow me, I'll straighten out all your finances. If you'll follow me, I'll do this, that, and the other. Now, those are promises that are in God's word, right? But that's not how he attracted the first disciples. He says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And these were fishermen who fished for fish. And Jesus was totally changing their job description. And you know what these guys had the audacity to do? Leave the family business and follow Jesus. They left dad behind. We love you, dad. We'll see you later. But we've got to follow this man who claims to be the son of God. And so they were totally attracted to this man. Yes, because he was the son of God. I do believe that. But on the promise that he would make them fishers of men. And he would even say things later like, you know what, you want to follow me? I don't have anywhere to sleep. I don't own my own house. You know, we we just trust the Lord for where our next meal comes from. And these guys had the audacity to follow Jesus. And so we're talking about that in this series. And yes, we are grateful for the blessings that God gives. Those are are promises that are in his word as well. Um, But what God, God has challenged believers. Are you willing to follow me? no matter your circumstances or situations, simply because I have called you to make disciples. Are you willing to accept that challenge? And that's where we're, where we're coming from with this whole series. Well, today we're going to talk about fishing buddies. And I mentioned that we had, um, we had three fish in here, and now we're down to one because we sent two out, <laughs> so to speak. Um, they chose to go out or something. I'm not exactly sure what happened. But, but they, you know, they went out. So today we're talking about fishing buddies. And we know that Jesus did send out the disciples two by two. And so um, as I began preparing this study, some of my thoughts on fishing buddies was we go out two by two. So take someone with you to witness. Was, and that's good. Do that too. But that's not really the direction that we're going today. Uh, we're going to see just a little bit more uh, of who our fishing buddy is today. Uh, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 16. We'll be there in just a few moments. All right, again, who are my fishermen in the house? Who loves to fish? You, you like to fish? Fisherwomen, fishermen. Um, you enjoy doing that. How many of you prefer to fish alone, all by yourself? You don't want anybody there. Yeah, there's Ryan. Yeah, I see that hand back there, Ryan. Um, how many of you like it better when your fishing buddy maybe brings the food, though? Uh, Ryan, you would be willing to, for me to come along if I brought Bojangles or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Koi's like, bring the Bojangles. I'm, I'm good. Well, we're, we're looking at this today with, with fishing buddies and how when we do have someone who partners with us or we partner with them, this whole idea of witnessing. Now, we haven't used the word witness a lot in this study, uh, but that's what we're talking about. We haven't used the word evangelize a whole lot in this study, but that's what we're talking about, sharing our faith. And we've said this, that sharing your faith really is just sharing your story. Can I just tell you how good God's been to me? Or you have a friend who's going through a situation 
in life, and maybe you've been there, and you can say, well, let me tell you how God got me through it. You may not believe in God, but let me, let me just tell you my story. Because here's, people can deny all they want God's existence. They can deny all they want who Jesus is. But they can't deny your story. Because your story is your story. And it's what happened to you and um, what you felt that the Lord has done in your life. So we share that. Fishing is more enjoyable for most. <laughs> having a fishing buddy. And as we witness, it's the same way. So who's our fishing buddy today? Well, the scripture that we're about to read out of uh, Matthew 16 is going to highlight what the church is supposed to be like in witnessing and responsibility. We're going to come from this angle just a little bit. Why is it that people and maybe some of your friends, uh, if you're on social media at all, you see it here uh, especially, but why is it that people are so turned off to the church and to God? Well, unfortunately, some of that has to do with us. His church. When I say us, I'm not necessarily just saying abundant life. I'm talking about the church and how we maybe have done things in the past. But we're going to see what Jesus' intent for the church was here in just a moment. And the first point today is, um, as we're understanding how to rebuild, in a sense, we're rebuilding that bridge back to Jesus. The church is. We're rebuilding that bridge back to Jesus just because of some of the things that we've maybe done wrong but we understand that, first of all, we fish on the rock. That's going to be our first point today. So we're going to open this, this whole statement up. We fish on the rock. Uh, so I have, out of all my fishermen, who are bank fishermen? Who are boat fishermen? Right, about, about half and half. Um, if you don't have a boat, are you still going to go fish on the bank, right? You know, I would prefer, I've gone fishing several times and um, had some friends uh, back in racing. They had a little pond at their race shop, and so it was kind of muddy in some areas, you know, but then there was an area where they had uh, put some rock down that was kind of the overflow, and we would go over there when the water was down and stand there on the rocks because, you know, you wouldn't sink down in the mud and just all, and, you know, you drop your bait or whatever, and then you have to go fishing through the mud and all that stuff just to get it. Uh, but we're going to see fishing on the rock today. So Matthew 16, 13 is where we're going to start at. And it says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Now, Jesus was and is a very polarizing person. You, you see how he is today, right? Especially if you do follow the social media accounts and you hear people at work. Jesus was very polarizing, even back in the Bible days, back when he was, this story was being written about him. Uh, everybody had an opinion of who Jesus was. So Jesus asked this question, and here's their response in verse 14. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. So here are all these uh, opinions being offered. Well, some think that you're this, some think that you're that. Uh, some say you're this person, some think that you're this person come back from the dead. But everybody was talking, and it's that way today. Even folks who argue against God and against Jesus are still talking about him today. So we see that Back then and even today, people were talking about Jesus, who was a very polarizing person. But then Jesus looks at his disciples in verse 15, and he says this, But who do you say that I am? So he, he you know, okay, I, I know who, what you're saying. Society says I'm this. Society says I'm that person. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? What, what, who, who, do you, who do you think I am? Everybody will have to answer this question of who is Jesus. 
And so today, I want you to begin thinking about this. Who do you say that Jesus is? Was he a prophet? Just a prophet? Was he just a good teacher? Or was and is he the Son of God who died for our sins on the cross and who rose again on the third day, who ascended to heaven, rose from the grave, and who is now seated at, the right hand of, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us every day so that we can do this thing called life and tell our friends about Jesus. Who do you say that he is? Well, let's look at Matthew, uh, um, Simon's response in Matthew. Keep going in verse 16 here. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, I want us to, we're going to get ready to read another verse here, and we're going to see how big of a declaration this is that Peter just made. Because Peter was right when he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, here's Peter. He's sitting across from Jesus. What does Jesus look like? Well, a lot like Peter, maybe not facial features and all that, but he had eyes, he had ears, he had hair, he had arms, he had legs. He ate, he slept. So here's a man just like Peter, another human being. And Peter, something within him, we'll see in just a moment, something within him said that this man is the son of God. This is a big declaration for someone to say that a human, someone in human form, is the son of God. And Jesus recognizes the faith that it took for Peter to say that. Let's keep going in verse 17. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. See, Peter had heard from God. He had heard from the Holy Spirit. That's who he had heard from. He revealed this to Peter. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, I want us to, to understand something here for a moment. As I was studying this out and, and listening to one of the speakers who was talking about this, and check this out real quick. That name Peter, we know that it means rock, right? Like a little, like a little stone is what it means. Now, Peter was not a name that was given to people during this time. Now we call, we, you may have a friend named Peter, but Peter, it was essentially calling him rock. So, for example, this is what it would be like. You know, Doug, you've made a powerful declaration. Uh, today we're going to call you Stumpy, you know, a stump or something like that. So people can rest upon this fact. That, so all of a sudden, there's Stumpy. Who's there? That just came to me. I have no idea. Thank you. Is that okay? Yeah. Perfect. So use this object, and you're going to use that one, aren't you? The little sister, she's like, thank you so much, Stumpy. So here's a name that had not been given to people. You weren't calling people Rocket this time. Well, now we have a lot of people called Peter, right? So this is a brand new name. Jesus was changing Peter's identity, and he said, you will no longer be called Peter, but you're going to be uh, um, Simon, but you're going to be called Peter, which means rock. And now Peter, again, it's that common name that's there. Little stone is what it meant. So Jesus continues through this. He says, and upon this rock, now the word changes here, not little rock, but upon this, deck, this boulder, this, this mountain that you have just declared. So Peter, 
Your name is Little Rock. And upon this mountain of faith that you have just declared, I'm going to build my church. See, there's some teachings out there that say that the church is founded on Peter. Let me tell you this morning, I am so glad that the church is not founded upon a man. It's founded upon Jesus Christ. And that was the declaration that he was talking about here. And he said this, On this monumental declaration that you have just made, that Jesus is the Son of God, I will build my church and hell cannot come against it. Okay, so we're thinking, yeah, but what about things that happen in churches? There's church splits, there's bad leadership, there's this, that, the other. Let's keep going here for a moment. This declaration that Peter made was that Jesus is the Son of God. The church was formed on the person of Jesus. Now, the book of Acts tells us that that's when the Christian church actually began. So at this point, the church had not begun. Because what did Jesus say? Upon what you just said, I will build my church. And that was going to come after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then 3,000 were saved on the day of Pentecost. That's when the church was established. So Jesus was giving a little bit of prophecy here. The church, again, was formed on the person of Jesus, not upon Peter. Why do we seek to build the church on the person of Christ and not a personality or a group? Churches have been built on personalities and groups and, and things like that. But we seek, according to Scripture, to build the, per, the, the church on the person of Jesus Christ because there's a promise. The gates of hell will not prevail against that thing that is built upon the person of Jesus Christ. Hell cannot conquer what is built on Jesus. Nothing can stop it. Immorality, bad leadership, church splits, corruption, wars, government oppression, and the church of Jesus is still going strong over 2,000 years later. Because Jesus came... Talk to these 12 guys who began to tell their story, who began to tell their story, who began to tell their story. And now we have this worldwide movement built on the person of Jesus Christ. And why has hell not been able to conquer it? Because it is built upon Jesus Christ. Had the church been built on Peter, had abundant life been built on um, you know, the previous pastors and Pastor Bob and continuing you know, the amazing things that are happening with you all and uh, the time that we have here. If the church was built on us, man, it would fall in a hurry because we do have our flaws, but we're built on the person of Jesus Christ. And that is what this is talking about here. The church is built on Christ. Despite our differences, 2,000 years later, his church is growing strong. Again, despite our differences. This past week, Nathan and I had the pleasure of um, going to Southside Baptist. Now, that's not a four-square church. They're not even Pentecostal. But you know what? We were doing this. We were ministering together to youth, high schoolers, and to college-age kids, telling them about Jesus. And I'm not sure how many of their um, vacation Bible school, I'm not sure how many people they had to come to the Lord uh, for that, but the after hours was targeted toward high schoolers and, uh, and college-age. And I know at least half a dozen kids came to Jesus this week because we were willing, despite our differences, theologically, 
to minister in the name of Jesus. And you've all heard about the pastor's group that meets here in Mooresville. We come together. We do sunrise services. Why is that? Because one, the one thing we do have in common, there's actually a lot of things we have in common, but the one major thing that we have in common, and that is Jesus Christ, and the church is built upon him. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against that, even though we may have differences. And I am thankful for that. I am so thankful for that, that the name of Jesus is that strong. So what's the title about today? Fishing Buddies. Here's point number two. Fishing is a partnership between Jesus and believers. We're fishing buddies. I don't want to bring any irreverence to this and, you know, the, the holy name of Jesus and all of that. But he invites us to essentially be his fishing buddy. That's what he did with the first disciples. And here's what he said. You go fish and let me build my church. So you and I, we understand this. We can't save anybody. You do not have the power to save a single person. But what you do have is the, person, is the ability to tell your story to people, say who Jesus is, let them know what he has done in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who draws them and says, you know what? I like what Mike is saying. There's something that's just drawing me about that. There's something in Jonathan. I'm not sure what it is. I say Jonathan is different. And Patty would be like, yeah, he's different. All right. But there's something different. But it's the person of the Holy Spirit. See, I set you up, Jonathan. Sorry, buddy. All right. Okay. But there's something within Jonathan. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit that draws them to Christ. So we partner with Jesus. How we tell our story and the Holy Spirit draws them, and we have the pleasure of leading them to the Lord. But it is Christ all along who is building His church. Here's a question. Why would I need to go fish if Jesus is going to build His church anyway? I've had people ask that. I mean, there's all kinds of other people who are out there to do that. And here's the reality. For some people, fishing is stressful. For others, it's easy, you know, especially if it's your first time and you're learning how to bait the hook. <laughs> that could be a little bit stressful if you have, a, you know, the worm there, and unless you just use fake bait or whatever, and that's fine too. But fishing can be stressful for some people. You know, you get it on the line and, and you see people and they're jerking and they're trying to reel it in and then it jumps off and it's stressful. For others, it's just relaxing. It's just something that you enjoy doing. And it's the same even in sharing our faith uh, with other people. So why do I need to do it? I don't really enjoy it. I, I, I clam up. But here's my prayer. My prayer is that abundant life, and that's the people of abundant life, that we are a good partner with Jesus in fishing, that we join with what he is doing. That's my prayer. Why is that? Because if the church is built upon Jesus Christ, we are telling our story then we are bringing people into God's kingdom that is built on that declaration that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me ask you this. Did anyone, you've heard my story, did anyone grow up in a church that maybe was kind of weird? You know, we were saying we're kind of, as, as the church today, there's people who are turned off because of things that the church has said, people within the church has said and done. You know, maybe it was a little bit, a little bit weird. They did some odd things. Here's what I know. For believers, like for me, you know, there was some odd things that happened in church. But for believers, we understood what was going on. You know, we knew that it was, the, you know, sometimes it was people in their flesh just doing crazy things. Um, jumping the pews and all that kind of stuff. 
It was the Holy Spirit that came over me. Well, I'm sure he made you excited, but you chose to jump the pews. And that's fine. If that's what God, you know, you just, you're excited. Is there some people who are excited? I'm not going to come against that. But we're just, we're not going to blame that on the Holy Spirit, right? No, he just gave me joy and I had to leap for joy. Praise God. I'm going to jump up and down. I may even spin around because I'm excited. Well, for believers, we understand this, that, man, they've got the joy of the Lord. And they're just, they, they can't, they just, they just have to express their joy to the Lord. You know, sometimes you'll see different folks in church, man, they're just, man, they're getting into it and they'll start dancing. Sometimes Chad's like, I'm waiting for you to dance one day because I'll start playing the guitar and I'll start getting, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's fine. We can do those things. We can express because we understand that, right? But here's the reality. People may come into church and think, well, they're kind of weird. And here's what I say. Well, you get all excited when you go to your games. You get all, you jump up and down when your team is winning. Here's what we're doing. We're just praising the name of Jesus. And because what he has done for us, we just can't contain our excitement. But if I'm partnering with Jesus, I want to set an environment that says this. We are partnering with Jesus. And this is a place that you can come and you can learn about how good God is. And you may not be one to express yourself. But you will come to a place where you understand that God is so good and he has freed you from so much that you just have to praise him. You just have to lift up the name of Jesus. Now, yes, we are set apart and we should be different from the world. The Bible tells us that we, we should be set apart. It doesn't necessarily equal weird and creepy and all those type of things. But what we do here, and here's what I want to talk to you about, because we have a lot of volunteers, and I know some of you are looking for ways to get plugged in. We want to do that as well. Some of you have been coming more recently. We create environments that are welcoming to people as they're discovering who they are in Christ. That's being a fishing buddy to Jesus, to where we come in here, we have the music, you know, where we worship, and and hopefully it sounds good. That's our desire, that that it sounds good. Because we want to lift up the name of Jesus, right? Not necessarily to say, ooh, look at that Lisa on the piano, man. She was rocking today with the jazz organ. Although that sounds good, and we're thankful for the jazz organ because it kind of gave a little touch to it today, you know. But we want to lift up the name of Jesus so we partner with him, with our kids' ministry. We want it to be exciting for them, right? Is, is, that, what, is that what saves them? No, but they come in and they're like, oh, this is so much fun that we get to play games and, and they're talking about Jesus and they're welcoming. They, they give us high fives when, 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 they, when we come in and, and sometimes we'll even get a snack. What does that do? It opens up their ears and their spirit and their heart to hear the message of Jesus Christ. It's why I want to prepare my sermons, right? I, don't, I, mean, I don't want to be a dull pastor, not pastor, a dull preacher. I don't want to be dull about that. I want to prepare these things so that people can receive of who Jesus is. I am partnering with him. See, I'm telling my story. You're telling your story, and the Holy Spirit is drawing them. We partner Here's how we create an environment that represents the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us this. As you and I love each other, as we promote unity, there's a lot of unrest in our world. And when people can come into, let's just say, abundant life right now, and they sense the unity that is here, they're like, man, this is amazing. We don't get this anywhere else. At job, man, people always fighting at work. 
and, and they may even say this, the last church that we were at, man, they were fighting all the time. Why are Stasha and I so, and you all, so adamant about peace? Why are we so adamant about, you know, let's just, just chill out. Don't, don't be fighting amongst yourselves. Well, let's resolve this. Why do we want to do these things? What, the Bible says this. Glenn, Glenn Jr., our president, uh, pointed this out this week. He says, the Bible doesn't say, blessed are the troublemakers. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. So we promote that peace here so that when folks come in, we are partnering with Jesus so that people can come into his kingdom. And so I want to encourage us as Abundant Life, we promote peace. Are you going to have differences with the person sitting beside of you? Are you going to have differences of opinion with the person three rows back from you or in front of you? Probably. We're people. We have different ways of doing things. We all have different personalities. But let's promote peace and partner with Jesus and encourage unity. When we partner with Jesus, the church flourishes. And yes, it is possible for a church to not partner with Jesus. You may have been a part of those, and we pray for those churches. So here's my point. If you find yourself where fishing is uncomfortable for you, and you can't necessarily talk to them about Jesus, invite them to church. Because we work hard to, you know, we don't have a, we don't have a paid staff here. We don't. There's a couple little stipend jobs taking care of the books. And, of course, uh, me and Stasha, we're, we're so blessed by you all. And, um, but we run on a volunteer basis, right? But we work hard to, to try to train, to try to equip so that um, we can create an environment where people come in and they're like, wow, that's amazing how much they love God that they would give their free time to minister to me. Those are the environments that we are creating. We are partnering with Jesus. Sunday morning is about partnering with who Jesus is. So you may not be able to talk to them about Jesus. You will get to that place, but invite them to church. We all can do that. And here's what I know in the final point here. The presence of Jesus is what attracts the unbeliever, right? Now, we do things well. We, we, we try to hone our skills. We try to work well with the children, with the toddlers, with our greeters, to see a smiling face when you come in in the door, all these different ministries that we have. We, we do that well because we are partnering with Jesus, but the reality is it's the presence of Jesus that attracts the believer. So when people come in and they see this whole idea of, man, they get along well, they, they, they honor God, the, the place looks fine, you know, it's, it's I'm just, I'm, I'm really blessed, and, and there's something that's different here, and it's Jesus. Turn over to Matthew 18, 19. Just a couple pages over there. And he says this, I tell you this, if you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. And so what we're being encouraged today is, let's not ruin it by fighting and just not honoring God, right? Tell your story. When we come together on Sundays, Wednesdays, any other time that we meet, we are here on official, quote, Jesus business. We're being equipped, 
We're serving well. Why are we serving well? First of all, thank you for serving Abundant Life so well. Why do we do that? To lift up the name of Jesus and to create environments to where, you know, Jessica may not be serving today, but she's being ministered to and fed and, and, and the word of God is being deposited in her heart. But then the next day, you know, the next Sunday she's up here and she's playing. It's pretty good, wasn't it? And you're being ministered to. Yeah, right? It's all right. It's not Jessica, but it's all right, you know. And I'm so thankful for her. Why is that? Because there's Sundays that the drummer can't be here because he's at camp or he's going to Jamaica soon. And so it helps to have that rhythm, you know? So when you're worshiping, you, got, you get a little bit of... I'll stop moving. Thanks, Doug. Don't look at me like that. You got that little bit of moving going on and it just helps you to worship the Lord. So she's providing that. See, we all have a ministry so that we can worship Jesus. And then as non-believers come in, people who, who don't know about this whole church thing, they're set at ease. Why? Because our fishing buddy, we're partnering with who Jesus is. When we are together in unity and we love lifting up the name of Jesus, the Bible tells us that he is in our midst. Where two or three are gathered, he is there, according to Matthew 18, 20. And that's what unbelievers need to experience. Why is this world turned off to church? At times the church has argued and fought, argued and fought. And that's not a representation of who Jesus is. The church is a fishing partner with Jesus when we love each other and when we worship him. So you have a couple opportunities, an opportunity to share your faith in the marketplace or an opportunity to invite people to come and experience the presence of God. We can be the ones who bring our unbelieving friends to the presence of Jesus. I want you to think about that for a moment. You may be the closest that they ever get and it may be as close as they need to get to find Jesus themselves. That's, I don't want it to sound like a lot of pressure on you, okay? But you know what? It's a big responsibility. You've heard this. You may be the only Jesus that some people ever see. Take advantage of it. If they, especially if they're being drawn to that, which they are. The Holy Spirit draws people. Come and see. What are you doing Sunday morning? You going to go play golf? What are you doing Sunday morning? You going to go do this? What are you doing? You know what? How about you come with me, then we'll go play golf. Just come see what's going on. Matter of fact, we have two services now. We can go to the early service. Then we can go to the lake. Then we can go fishing. Then we can do these other things. Come and see. I have two challenges for you. Are you investing in unbelievers? And are you inviting unbelievers? Are you serving strategically, even here, so that we offer a spirit of excellence to visitors who do not know Jesus. I love to do this. When people point out, now granted, we're, we're, we're just like any other church. We have our flaws and there's things we don't do well. There's things I don't do well, and thank you for pointing those out. But here's what I like to do. If there's an area that you see that's just not going well and you want to complain about it, I wanna, I wanna, I'll tell you this, can you help us make it better? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to not partner with me as pastor here? Well, yeah, that's part of it. But are you willing to partner with Jesus and say, you know what, I think I can help in this area. I think, and then you bring a spirit of excellence, a spirit of unity. Why is that? Because we have an opportunity 
to tell other people about Jesus. And at the end of the day, it's not how amazing our kids' ministry is. It's not how amazing the toddler ministry is or how, how great the worship team is and the greeters and the ushers. And man, those ushers look great today as they were serving and giving us an opportunity to give and whatever the ministry may be. Those are important as long as they're allowing us to worship Jesus and for non-believers to come in to experience who Jesus is so that there are no hindrances in us hearing the word of God and non-believers hearing the word of God. We have to be on a mission. Church family, I want to encourage you, continue to serve well. You are missed when you're not here. Now, I'm not necessarily, I know a lot of you have been on vacation recently. That's awesome. You need those times. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the unscheduled, hey, you know, I, I can't be there today. Can I, can I just be real for a moment? Those 10 o'clock calls on Saturday night that says, hey, I can't be there in the morning. Will you get, and you know, if you're in the hospital, that's a good excuse. All right. And, and, and do you get paid by the church to do the things you do? No. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm saying. I want you to hear my heart in this. You're missed in those moments. Why is that? Because we work hard, you work hard to present you know, where people can be ministered to. And when you can't be here, we miss you. Not, not just because of what you do, but because of who you are. You have so much to offer. So I want to encourage you, make church a priority. Why is that? So that our numbers look great on Sunday morning? Absolutely not. So that we can lift up the name of Jesus, so that we can serve others well. And if you have not, I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you are not involved in an area of ministry at Abundant Life, I want you to be involved. Again, so we can say, look at our great and amazing team. Although that's very true. Look at the numbers that we have. Look at the percentages of, no, it's so that you can honor the name of Jesus through your gifts. Everyone has a gift. I don't want to do a funeral service and a burial service at the end of whoever's life and say, you know what, all their gifts are going to the grave with them that God gave them. And I don't think any of us want that either, right? Let's serve well. Let's serve well. We want to be able to do that, you know, so that uh, Allison leading church on a Sunday morning and, and she gets the call that the guitar, the piano, and the drummer can't be there because they've decided that, hey, it's a beautiful day. We didn't want to go to the lake. I know, I, I know that's cringeworthy, right, that I would bring that up, but you're missed, not because just of what you do, because of the value that you do add to the kingdom of God. Jesus is like, where's my fishing buddy? He's fishing. <laughs> For fish. Do you see the importance? I want you to understand how important you are to the kingdom of God. You are so important to the kingdom of God. And you're important to me and Stasha and to the leadership team, absolutely. But you are so important to the kingdom of God, not because you're being used, but because you have a gift. And we love seeing you here because you're partnering and you're on mission for God's kingdom. It's not about program fillers. No one person has a filler spot of service at Abundant Life. I hope you don't feel that way. We're not looking for fillers. That was important to make sure everything, all the roles are filled. Absolutely, it is. But we're not looking for fillers. We're looking for folks like you who say, you know what? God's giving me this gift, so I want to serve. And we partner together to lift up the name of Jesus. We are strategically partnering with Jesus 
as a fishing buddy. And we understand that we are a small part of God's kingdom who have a pleasure of serving and inviting people.